Welcome to the legacy teachings of Bill Anzavino, pastor of Christian Assembly Church since 1979. Though these teachings are decades old, we invite you to get out your Bible, take notes, and get ready to receive the uncompromised teaching of God's Word. For more information about Christian Assembly Church, please visit us online at cafamily.net. Open up in your Bibles, please, to the 11th chapter of 1 Corinthians. I have been led of the Spirit of God to teach on the subject of the Lord's Supper. Chapter of 1 Corinthians, begin with verse 23. For I have received of the Lord that which also I delivered unto you, that the Lord Jesus the same night in which he was betrayed took bread. And when he had given thanks, he brake it and said, Take eat, this is my body which is broken for you, this do in remembrance of me. After the same manner also he took the cup. When he had supped, saying, This cup is the New Testament in my blood, this do ye, as oft as ye drink it in remembrance of me. For as often as ye eat this bread and drink this cup, ye do show, for, show the Lord's death till he come. Wherefore, whosoever shall eat this bread and drink this cup of the Lord unworthily, unworthily, shall be guilty of the body and blood of the Lord. But let a man examine himself, and so let him eat of that bread, and drink of that cup. For he that eateth and drinketh unworthily, 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 eateth and drinketh damnation to himself, not discerning the Lord's body. Verse 30 is an answer to many of the questions of, in the body of Christ today. Why then are so many dying young? Why is sickness and disease running rampant? Why are people dying before their time? For this cause, many are weak and sickly among you, and many sleep. This is the cause right here. This is the cause. For if we would judge ourselves, we would, should not be judged. But when we are judged, we are chastened of the Lord, that we should not be condemned with the world. Well, let's see something here. Did you notice that the elements that we use in partaking of the Lord's Supper is the bread and the blood, the juice? He talked about it as being the bread and the blood. Jesus said in verse 26, or rather Paul said, for as often as you eat this bread and drink this cup, you show the Lord's death till he come. But if anybody would take it unworthily, he is guilty of the body and of the blood. Now, it didn't say unworthy. It doesn't mean a person's unworthy. He said unworthily. In other words, taking it in a fashion as it's everyday, common, just everyday common occurrence. In other words, it's something that you don't appreciate, something that you don't know the value of, something that you don't know the meaning of. Or, and because of not knowing or understanding the meaning of what we're doing, in its true sense is, is what the Lord's Supper really means to us, spiritually, 
people have actually taken it in the middle of sin. They partake, they've made it just like an everyday, every week or every month occurrence in their congregations, in their bodies. And half the people that are out there taking it and doing it, you know, not everybody lives their life like you do. Not everybody is walking the walk like you say you want to walk the walk. But there are some that are not walking in the light of the Word of God and they'll still go off and take take. And that's why I say until we get to a place that I know everybody is walking in the light and the knowledge of what it means to partake of the Lord's Supper. I don't see any sense in taking it every month or every week. Because all they're doing is eating and drinking damnation or judgment upon themselves. And you've already been judged in Christ. You don't have to be judged with the world. But he says if you don't judge yourself and take it worthily, then I'm going to have to judge you. And if I judge you, something's going to happen to you. Some of you might get sick. Some of you might be weak. Some of you might even die. Why? So that you can get your spiritual man right with God so that you won't be condemned with the world. The mercy of God is just from everlasting to everlasting. But I don't know about you. Why can't we just walk down the middle of the road straight now and just do what he said to do? Take it the way he said to take it. Live the life the way he said to live the life. And let the body and the blood of Jesus Christ be understood in our lives that we can walk according to it and have the blessings of it. It's just that simple. It's because people have never heard or understood what it meant to take that bread and to drink of that blood. Some people have gotten off in the air thinking they're like, uh, they're carnivorous about it. They think that uh, they could turn a, a little wafer or something into the very body of the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's a bunch of hogwash. Or they have some kind of mystical power to make that thing, you know, be the actual body or the actual blood of the Lord Jesus Christ. And when they take that, you see, that produces this life inside them. That's, that's not true. That's not what the Word of God teaches us. So, we're going to begin our study and we're going to see some things about the bread that he was talking about. And I don't think that he's going to tell you to do something not going to give you understanding on it. Now, the bread, we understand, is his body that was broken for us. Or his flesh. Or his word. Say that with me. The bread is the body, his flesh, or the word. It's the Word that I partake of. Okay, now, see, so you've got to understand that. Some people think that, oh, you just go to church and I partook of this and there it is, there it is. There. No, 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 that's only symbolic. That's only remembrance of His Word. The body that was broken is the physical act, but it's the Word that's His body. He's talking about partaking of His Word, eating the Word. Well, let's go over to... John's Gospel, the sixth chapter, and get some more understanding of this. The blood was shed for the remission of our sin. It ratifies the new covenant. The New Testament sealed by that blood. But how do you drink that blood? How do I partake of that blood? Well, let's find out. John 6. Let's take a look at verse 48 first. Let's start with verse 48. Okay, Jesus said in verse 48, I am that bread of life. I am. that John and I were talking about the great I am this morning. When he says I am, he is. Remember over there, Moses, the Lord said, he said to, he said to the Lord, who should I say sent me? He said, I am. I am that I am. He said, I am that bread of life. I am. I am the bread 
He is the bread of life. Your fathers did eat manna in the wilderness and are dead. This is the bread which cometh down from heaven, that a man may eat thereof and not die. I am the living bread which came down from heaven. If any man eat of this bread, he shall live forever. And the bread that I will give is my flesh, which I will give for the what? For the life. Keep these words in your thought life. The Jews, therefore, strove among themselves, saying, How can this man give us his flesh to eat? Well, then Jesus said unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except you... Now, grab a hold of this. Eat the flesh of the Son of Man and drink His blood. Eat the flesh and drink... His blood, ye have no what? Life where? Except you eat His flesh and drink His blood, you have no life in you. Hold your finger right there. Go back to Matthew. The 6th chapter, the 25th verse. Jesus said, Therefore I say unto you, Take no thought for your what? What ye shall? What ye shall? Okay, the life on the inside consists of what you eat and what you drink. Take no thought for your life, what ye shall eat, what ye shall drink. Then he breaks off and says, Nor yet for your body. What ye shall put on. Is not the life more than what? The life. And the body more than? But what's he talking about? The life is more than what you eat and drink. And the body is more than what you put on in the physical. But the life consists of eating and drinking my body and my blood. And the outward man consists putting on of Christ. Put on Christ. Put on the new man. You've got to eat. You've got to drink. This isn't talking about once a month. This isn't talking about once a week. This isn't talking about once every time you partake of the Lord's Supper. I'm not in any way belittling the Lord's Supper. But now listen when I say this. Some people have actually worshipped, worshipped and idolized the emblems more than what the emblems stand for. Did you hear me? They've actually bowed to the emblem and not allowed the true life be exalted because they don't understand and they don't hear and don't know what the true meaning of the Lord's Supper is. Let's go back to John here. The life of the 
The life consists upon what you eat and drink. Now, Jesus said, you must eat my flesh and drink my blood, or you have no life in you. Verse 54. Whoso eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood hath eternal life, and I will raise him up at the last day. For my flesh is meat indeed, and my body is drink indeed. He, look how he repeats this. He that eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood, eateth my flesh and drinketh my blood. This person dwelleth in me and I in him. As the living Father has sent me and I live by the Father, so he that eateth me, shall he, he, even he shall live by me. This is that bread which came down from heaven, not as your fathers did eat manna and are dead. He that eateth of this bread shall live forever. These things said he in the synagogue as he taught at Capernaum. Many therefore of his disciples when they heard this said, This is a hard saying, who can hear it? When Jesus knew in himself that his disciples murmured at this, at it, he said unto them, Does this offend you? What if you shall see the Son of Man ascend up where he was before? It is the Spirit that quickeneth, the flesh profiteth nothing, the words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. He's not talking about a physical act. He's talking about a spiritual act. He's not talking about gathering together. And we have formalized the Lord's Supper. It was just what it says, a supper. They got together and they had some bread and they had some wine. And they got together and they broke bread together. They did it all the time. It was, a, as you read 1 Corinthians 11 chapter, it was more of a, to them, a picnic. It wasn't formalized like we have it today. Individual little cups and all this. They sat down together and they broke the bread of life together. We formalized it. Got our eyes, got our focus and our attention focused on the emblems more so than what the meaning of it is. See? Now the words he says, I'm speaking unto you, they are spiritual words. And the words I'm speaking unto you, they are full of life. And unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life. And they couldn't hear it. How could we eat this man's flesh? How could we drink this man's blood? Well, in the book of John, first chapter, verse 1, in the beginning, it says, In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. The same was in the beginning with God. And all things are made by Him, and without Him was there not made anything that was made. And in Him was what? Life. And the life was the light of man. Okay, now listen. And the Word became. And the Word became. And the Word became. And except you eat that flesh. Brothers and sisters, you wasn't born again with the water of baptism. You was born again by the washing of water by the Word. Except you eat my Word. You have no life in you. No life in you. And drink my blood. You have no life in you. For the life consists of more than what you eat and drink physically. But it consists of what you eat and drink spiritually. Now, over there in Matthew 4.4, 4, what did he say? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every what? But by every what? Bread. Word. Flesh. Word. Life. Body. His body. Not knowing and understanding the meaning of what he's saying, the spiritual truth that he's getting behind here. As we said, they couldn't hear it. This was too hard for them to hear. 
Because they had no spiritual perception. There are Christians today that don't realize that this can be eaten and digested until it becomes light. The Bible says, The entrance of thy word giveth light. God is light. And that word in you produces life. So the word is life. The words I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are what? Now listen to this. Every time you chew off a portion of the word of God and it becomes light in your spirit, it becomes the life of God in your spirit. And when it becomes the life of God in your, in your spirit, you are changed from glory to glory. And that part of you has turned into the image of God himself. That's a hard hearing. Who can hear it? That's what he's saying. The entrance of the word giveth light. God is light. The spirit of man is the candle of the Lord, searching all the inward parts of the belly. Thou wilt lighten my candle. Light my candle. Enlighten my darkness. The words I speak unto you, they are light. They're spirit and they are light. And they go into your spirit. And when they become light in your spirit, it becomes God in your spirit. Boy, and if we would eat these words... These words produce in us the life, the light, and the love of God in us. And you are changed to that very image. That's why you've got to continue in the word, he said. See, if you abide in me and my words abide in you. That's what he's talking about. Getting the word to abide in you will change you into the very image of God. And the more it becomes light, the more light of God's word gets inside your spirit conforms you to the very image of his son himself. Now, over there in Proverbs, we, we, we've gone over these scriptures, but I'm going to, share, I'm going to give you something more, and this is where the, the body of Christ has, has really failed to realize about physical healing. Go back to Proverbs, the fourth chapter. We thought our relationship with, with God was here to up there somewhere. See? We thought it was from here to whatever he's going to do up there in his great, vast, you know, personality and, 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 and all the wonderful storehouses and blessings he has up there. We thought it was going to just be something that, well, when God does it, it's going to happen. Look out, boy. No. Your relationship between, between you and God is you and the Word. In the fourth chapter of the book of Proverbs, he said, My son, attend to my words. Incline your ear unto my sayings. Let them not depart from thine eyes. Keep them, my words, in the midst of your heart. For they are. They are what? They are life. Except you eat them and drink my blood. You have no life in you, but my words are life. And. And. Health. Healing. And medicine to only part of your body. To what? All of your not only did He come to give us life in the Spirit, but He came to produce that life in our outward man and physical healing is provided for us through the Word of God. And that's why there's a, many, a great deal of many people that are not getting their healing because they're not allowing Him to do it through His Word. Our relationship with Him is between us and the Word. And Jesus is the Word. And if you're not eating the Word, I mean just what it says. Eating it, digesting it, meditating it, Getting it inside your spirit, man. You can do it up here all you want. Won't do you better good. But when you eat it, when you die, Jesus is talking about eat my flesh. Eat my flesh. Don't cut an arm off and eat it. 
He says, eat it in your spirit. Meditate it. Get it in your mind. Get your mind and get it down to your heart. It will become light, life, love, and healing unto all your body. That's what he's saying. Now, some of us have not realized. Let's go to the 8th chapter of the book of John. You're in, well, I'll go back to John. I'm still in John. The Word is alive. It's a living thing. It's energizing. It's operative. It's quick. It's powerful. Sharper than any two-edged sword. Piercing even the dividing asunder of soul and of the spirit. And the joints of the marrow, the discern of the thoughts and the intents of the heart. The Word of God is alive. The Word of God is life. The Word of God is light. It's love. The Word of God is God Himself living Himself through us. That's what the Word is. But you see, unless you are continuing in His Word, then that Word will not have first place or dominance in your life, and the light will not come into your spirit. You may turn to the circumstances around you instead of to the Word of God. In other words, what He's saying is this Word has got to be alive in you, This book has got to be God the Father speaking directly to you. And you're receiving it as though God said it directly, as if He was standing right here in this room with us, speaking His Word directly to me and to you. Now, in 8th chapter, verse 31, He said, Then said Jesus to those Jews which believed on Him, If you continue in My what? Some people thought you were supposed to just continue in it on Communion Sunday. But see, that's not what he's saying. If you continue in my body, my bread, my flesh, my word, then are you my disciples indeed, and you shall know the truth, and the truth will set you free. They answered him, We be Abraham's seed, we never been in any man. How sayest thou, you shall be made free? Jesus said unto them, Verily I say unto you, Whosoever committed sins of the devil, the servant abideth not in the house forever, but the son abideth forever. If the Son, therefore, shall make you free, you shall be free indeed. I know that you're seed of Abraham, but, but you seek to kill me because my word, because my word, because my word has no place in you. The answer to the Son unto him, Abraham is our father. Jesus said, if you were Abraham's children, you would do the works of Abraham. But now you seek to kill me. A man that hath told you the truth, which I have heard of God, this did not Abraham. Ye do the deeds of your father. They said unto him, we be not born of fornication. We have one father, even God. Jesus said unto them, if God were your father, you would love me. For I proceeded forth and came from God. Neither came I myself, but he sent me. Why do you not understand my speech? Even because you cannot hear my... My what? Alright. You are of your father the devil, and the lust of your father you will do is a murder from the beginning, and he bind not in the truth. Because there is no truth in him. When he speaketh a lie, he speaketh of his own. For he is a liar and the father of it. Jesus was saying, I'm telling you the truth. I heard it from the father. He says, you're just receiving the lies of your father, the devil. I'm speaking you the truth. You won't listen to my truth. Why do you keep listening to the devil? And because I tell you the truth, you believe me not. Verse 45, verse 46. Which of you convinceth me of sin? And if I say the truth, why do you not believe me? He that is of God heareth God's words. Listen to this. You ready? You therefore hear them not because you are not of God. I told somebody, I was led by, I don't, I don't, in some cases I don't witness until I'm led by the Spirit of God. And I was in this case. I'm in some cases. Because you see, you've got to be led. You've got to know when the right time is. I said, do you know that Jesus said, You must be born again. And that person said to me, 
I don't want to hear what you're talking about. I've got my way. You've got... I didn't say. I said. I said, did you know? Jesus said. But you see, those two words didn't seem to get across. I said, did you know? Jesus said. But when somebody told me those two words Jesus said, my eyes got wide open. And my ear is very attentive to what that person was saying. Jesus said, how is it you hear not my words? Because you are not of the Father God. That's why you hear not my words. If you were of God, you would hear my words. I'm not telling you my words. Jesus said, ye must be born again. I didn't say that. Nicodemus didn't understand it. But praise God, at least he listened. He listened to hear what Jesus said about it. You have no life in you because you're not of God, because you hear not my words. Jesus wasn't talking about partaking of his physical body. Jesus was talking about partaking of the words he came to speak. They were speaking the lies. Denominations, church, they're speaking lies today. And people are hearing those lies. I don't believe that. Well, my minister said, or my such and such said, and mine said, I didn't tell you what I said. I won't even tell you anything that I say. As far as I'm concerned, my words, they have no weight, unless they're God's words. But God said, Jesus said, ye must be born again, or you will not see the kingdom of God. And if you hear about my words, I am telling you what I have seen from the very Father God. I came from the bosom of the Father. Where did you come from? Well, you're of your father the devil, he said. I came straight from the very bosom of the Father God. I've never done one sin before you that you can convict me of. I'm telling you the words that came from the Father God. Those words are strength and those words are life for you. And they'll heal your body if you'll listen to those words. That's what he said. Why are they not healed? Because they hear not his words. What's his words? I took your infirmities and bore your sicknesses and with my stripes you were healed. Those are his words. That's what he said. So I received those words. And if I received those words, then they must do what Jesus said or he's not God. And he lied. And if he lied, Paul said, throw your Bibles away, let's eat meat, drink and be married because there's no resurrection of the dead and Jesus is not, a, not a risen from the dead. But I just happen to believe that Jesus told the truth. Now, you see, you've got to eat that word. I've been, I've been reading those words. I've been meditating the word. Himself took my infirmities and bore my... I made a song out of it. Himself took my infirmities and bore my sicknesses. And that's all I sing. Himself took my infirmities. Well, you say, why? Because I'm eating them. By His stripes I am healed and was healed and will always be healed. From the top of my head to the soles of my feet. Glory be, I am and I was and I always will be. You say, what if I see something on you? I don't care what you see. I don't walk beside. I walk by faith. The Bible says, by stripes I was healed. I am healed. I always be healed. Isn't that what it says? Now, that's understanding the Word of God. Now, he said, some of you are sick, weak, and die because you've not discerned the Lord's body. His body was broken for your physical healing. But the churches have just pushed that aside because they didn't understand His Word. They couldn't hear Him. But he said, my words, if you He didn't say they're just going to just fall out of the sky. He says, if you're studying... If you'll abide in them, if you'll continue in them, if you'll live in them, if you'll be attentive to them, if you'll just take the word and keep it inside your heart, he says it'll be life to use it to those who find it, and medicine or healing your health to every part of your flesh. Well, now, I don't know why I don't get healed. Well, that's why. 
Well, I've been to every healing line in the country, so he didn't say if you go to every healing line in the country. He says if you let my words abide in you, he says then it'll be health and medicine unto all your flesh. Thank God for what they can do in healing lines. Thank God for some of the ministries that you can go there and get your instant, instantaneous miracle, whatever. Praise God for all that. I'm for it. I've seen it happen. It's happened in our ministry. It's just, we see it happen. But blessed be God, it's not enduring forever. But the Bible says the Word is everlasting. It endureth forever. If you get the Word in you, you get the healer in you. And when you get the healer in you, you got His life in you, and He don't get sick. Hallelujah. And you won't either. It's not you that live in any house. Christ that lives within you. If his, He lives in you to the measure or to the degree that the Word lives in you. This is the written Word that unveils to us the living Word that unveils to us the Father God. The living Word. Let's go to John. Are you ready for this scripture? John, the fifth chapter. These, these words, you've got to meditate them. You've got to meditate them. You've got to get them into your spirit. I could talk about the Word all, all day long, but we've got to get it to the other side. John 5. This is a book to meditate. The Gospel of John is super. There's just so much in here. There's so much life in here. John 5, 24. Now, are you ready? How many of you have heard His Word? How many of you have heard the words? How many of you have heard the word, ye must be born again? You've heard them words, huh? How many of you have heard them spiritually? Okay. Look at John 5.24. Here's what happened when you did. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me hath what? And shall not come into condemnation, but is... Now, underline this in your Bible. Passed from death unto life. Okay? Passed from death unto life. If you can hold it, you can look if you want to, but you gotta, we've got to turn to Romans 5.12 while we're doing this. He that heareth my word and believeth on him that sent me shall not come into condemnation, but has passed, passed, passed from death Unto life. Unless you eat my flesh and drink my blood, you have no life in you. Ye are of your father the devil, because you hear his words, you don't hear my words. I've told you the truth. He's telling you a lie. Why you believe in him? It's because you hear not my word. Heareth my word, and believes on him that sent me. This fellow has passed from death. The worst thing that ever happened to the... God's creation, God's creative man, is found in Romans, the fifth chapter, in verse 12. Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world. Okay? And death by sin, and so death passed upon all men. Underline that. Death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. Now, in the first creation, the world lieth in darkness. This is before Adam. And the Lord from above spoke, the Father God spoke, as the Holy Spirit was over the face of the earth, and it was all in darkness. 
And he spoke and said, light be. In other words, let the light be, let the light so shine. And light was. We call that light the what? The sun. So the sun gave light into the world. The world was no more lying in darkness. Well, when Adam sinned, death passed upon, it passed upon all men through natural childbearing. We talked about that. Through the bloodline, because the father's blood is in the child. And so death passed upon all men, and that all have sinned, all have, they're in death. The whole, not the creation, not the world was lying in darkness anymore, for the sun was still there to give light. But God's creation, man, was now lying in darkness. I was in darkness. You were in darkness. We were all in the darkness of what? Of death. Death passed upon all men. You know what he did? Again, he called upon the sun. He called upon the sun. And the sun came to bring us. In him was life. And the life was the Light. We're made of the earth. We were in darkness. We went from light to darkness to death. He called upon the sun. That sun brought his life. He started by speaking the word. It was the word that was with God. The word came unto his own. They received a knock. But to those that would believe on Him gave He the ability or the power to become the sons of God. Because in Him was life and the life was the light of men. The only way that you and I could pass out from death. There's not a person that passed from death. The world could not be redeemed. They could not pass from death. They were in the bondage of death. In bondage to death. We were bound by death. We had no choice. We had no hope. We were without God. We had no light. We had no way. We were lost. But he called upon the sun. The sun brought the light. Now here's where the blood comes in. We don't just overcome by the word of our testimony. But we overcome by the blood of the Lamb. You and I needed a blood transfusion. We needed new life. The life of the flesh is in the blood. Now, for what purpose did he come into the world? You keep them two scriptures together. Romans 5.17 and John 5.24. This is what happened to you. This is not just something, just some little thing that happened. This is just as important. You know, Adam fell and death passed upon all men. Beloved, you and I live in a generation that we are the generation that passed from death into life before we ever left this body. And those that died back previously, they didn't go to heaven. They didn't pass from death to life. They was down there in, in uh, Abraham's bosom. They couldn't get away from that bondage of death. They could not resurrect. They could not be in heaven with the light because they still didn't have the light in them. They had a promissory note of eternal life. They didn't have eternal life. They had a promissory note of it. They would go, but they had to wait for the fullness of time for Jesus to come, for the light to come into the world. And they couldn't do it up until that time. For what purpose did he come? First John 3 says he came to destroy the works of the devil. The works of the devil was what? Putting death into the heart of every human being that was born through Adam. But Jesus came to destroy the works of the devil. And how did he do it? Hebrews 2.14. Here's where the blood comes in. 
if people would just know what the blood means. Hebrews 2.14 For as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through what? That through what? Now you've got to look this word up in, the, in Vine's Expository Dictionary New Testament words if you want to get the full import of what he's saying here. That death is just exactly the same thing that Isaiah was talking about, that he would, in his death, the word there is plural. Deaths. In his deaths, plural. His death. He might destroy him that had the power of death. That is who? The devil. Okay, he had to destroy the works of the devil. The works of the devil was Romans 5.12. Death passing upon all men by sin. That all of us have sinned. We're all dead. We're all in bondage to death. We're all fearful of death. It was through his death. The blood stands for the life on the inward man. The blood that was shed meant that Jesus' spirit had to die spiritually. He had to go into the regions of hell. He had to take upon himself spiritual death. He had to take upon himself Adam's sin and high treason. He had to become darkness. He had to become sin. He had made him to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in Christ. So there upon Calvary's cross after he gave forth the light of God's word, he now must die the secondfold death. Yes, he died in body, but he died in spirit. It's the man Jesus that made intercession for you and for me. He's the man called right now Jesus, the right hand of God the Father. But the man Jesus had to die that through his death he might destroy him that had the power of death. How did he destroy him? Through his death. So there he was. There he was. In the regions of hell. There he was. In the womb of darkness itself. In travail. Are you getting ready? That darkness, just like a birth of a child, that darkness was getting lighter, more light. 4,000 years, 3,000 years. See, from, from the time of man's sin and high treason, God was getting the light to the world, the light to the world, trying to get more light through the law, trying to get more, the schoolmaster, the teacher, trying to get us to understand about eternal life. Finally, he, he, he was getting closer, he was getting closer, he was getting closer. The fullness of time come, he begin, he brings forth the washing of water of the Word. Now, Jesus gives his life up, he dies, he's in the regions of hell now for you and for me. He becomes spiritual darkness for you and for me. And there he is, he takes upon himself the sin of the world. His blood has been shed, the inward life, the life is gone. He's left his, hands, his spirit man in the hands of the Father God. There he is in the regions of hell. He's in the regions of the damned. He's suffering there. He's in travail for you and me. God's got to do a work. God's got to do a work. The blood's been shed. If it's, if it's accepted, it means there's a covenant, a new covenant between God and man through Jesus Christ. God the Father, God the Son come into covenant together. That eternal life will be legally passed upon all men. Passed. That means a man walking on the face of the earth in spiritual darkness, total darkness, walking in death, actually can have death removed from his spirit. Never happened before. Death removed from his spirit and the life and nature of God would go into that spirit. And there he was. Through death he destroyed him that had the power of death, that is the devil. Go on to read next verse. 15. 
and deliver them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage of that death and deliver them. This is how I did it. In the regions of hell, Satan had them where he won them. But while he paid the price, the supreme sacrifice, the Bible says he bought us back. There was a price to pay. And everybody just looks to Calvary. They say, well, that was the price he had to pay. That's not near the price he had to pay. That's a physical death upon the cross. He had to die spiritually. His spiritual man died. His spiritual man went into hell. His spiritual man was encompassed about all the forces of darkness and all the imps of hell. There was lying there in the, in the regions of the damned. He took your place. We talk about paying a debt that he didn't know. He didn't owe that debt. He didn't have to pay that debt, but he took your place there in hell through the shedding of his blood. He took upon himself the sacrifice. He was a sacrifice for your sin, for my sin. He was a substitute for you and me. I belong to go there because death said I should be there. The only way you could get out of it is if somebody would take it for you. He took your spiritual death in hell and your punishment in hell for you. He took it upon himself. He took on the travail, the anguish, and all the agony of hell itself upon himself so you and I could be passed from death unto life. And there in hell, standing before the demons and all the cohorts of hell, God the Father looked down from heaven and called from heaven, from the banishers of heaven, the Supreme Court, now made a decision and declared him righteous and said, My servant has justified many and sent forth life back there in the regions of hell. And life came into him and raised him up. He threw off the forces and the hosts of darkness. He stripped Satan of all the authority that Adam had given to him from the beginning. He left him helpless and powerless. He took the keys of death. Death and unlocked the door of death and set us free from the bondage of death and gave us life. He raised up from the pits of hell. He says, I am he that liveth and was dead. Behold, I'm alive forevermore. And I have the keys of death and hell. And he went up to the throne of God and to the heavenly holies of holies. And it's the blood that was shed. Hebrews, you're in Hebrews. Go back to the ninth chapter. Here he is. Go to the ninth chapter. It's the blood. Oh, the blood, the blood. And verse 12, Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. For if the blood of bulls and goats and the ashes and the heifer sprinkling of unclean sanctified to the purifying of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ who through the eternal Spirit offered himself without spot of God, purge your conscience from dead works to live, to serve the living God. And for this cause he is a mediator of the New Testament by the means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the First Testament. They which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. For whereas a testament there must also of necessity be the death of a testator. That's what we're doing today. It's a reminder that you and I have any covenant. There's a reminder of the covenant. Some places they build a tree. Some of them they cut their wrists and they put gunpowder in there. And you can see that mark for the rest of their lives. That's a reminder of the covenant. Well, there was the death of the testator. Verse 17. For a testament is a force after men are dead. Otherwise it has no strength at all while the testator liveth. Whereupon neither the first testament was dedicated without blood. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and of goats and water. Scarlet, wool, hyssop, and sprinkled both the book and all the people, saying, This is the blood of the testament which God hath enjoined unto you. Moreover, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels in the ministry. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood, and without the shedding of blood is no remission. It was therefore necessary that the patterns of things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ did not enter into the holy place made with hands where are the figures of the true but in the heaven itself now to appear in the presence of God for us nor yet that he should offer himself often as the high priest enters into the holy place every year with blood of others 
For then must he often have suffered since the foundation of the world. But now once in the end of the world he hath appeared to put away sin by the sacrifice of himself as it is appointed unto men once to die but after this the judgment. So Christ was once offered to bear the sins of many and unto them that look for him shall he appear the second time without sin unto salvation. He walked up there before the heavenly holies of holies. Not the one that's on the earth like the high priest did. He stood before the heavenly holies of holies. He stood there not with the blood of goats and not with the blood of bulls and, and earthly sacrifices, animal sacrifices. He stood there with the same blood. The blood that He shed. The blood that was shed for you and for me. And He stood before the heavenly utensils of worship and the, all the ministry that was up there. All that was defiled by the high treason of Adam. And He says, I am the way into the presence of God the Father. And He stood inside the presence of the holies of holies. And He sprinkled His blood. And when he sprinkled his blood, it meant the remission, not just an atonement. It meant the remission of all sin. And you and I could pass from death unto life. When? When? When that blood, it says it sprinkled the people. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and by the word of our testimony. When you took the word of God and ate the word of God and spoke the word of God and you applied the blood to your life, it wasn't just over a covering to you. That blood came into your very soul. It came into your very being. The blood of Jesus is in you right now. Glory be to God. And you have the life and the nature of God, the Father Himself, through Jesus Christ of Nazareth. That's what we got. That's who we are. And the high priest doesn't just go in there once a year like he did back then. Your high priest is standing there right now every moment of every day. And all you got to do is walk into the presence of God the Father through Jesus, your Lord high priest, and say, Abba, Father. The holies of holies is open, and it was through His blood. The Word and the blood. It's not what we're going to do here. How much of that Word is in you? Eat my flesh. You should eat it. Feast upon it. Fill up your spirit with it. And know the power that's in that blood. Not just over you, friends, but in you. It has made you a new creation. And by that blood you have boldness to enter into the holiest. Look over there in Hebrews. The 10th chapter. Verse 19. Adam lost the way, right? He lost the way, didn't he? He lost the way, right? Adam lost the way. Jesus says, I am the way. What way did he lose? The way to the presence of God. Jesus was the way to the presence of the Father. Now, are you ready? Look at what it says. You know what I'm reminded every time I partake of this? Look at this. Verse 19, Hebrews 10, 19. Having therefore, brethren, boldness to enter into the holiest by the blood of Jesus... By a new and... It's a living way. It's a living way. Which He hath consecrated for us through the veil that is to say His flesh. He's the high priest over the house of God. Let us draw near with a true heart and full assurance of faith having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed. Notice that. Our heart is sprinkled with that blood. And our bodies are washed with the pure water. Only hold fast the confession of your faith. And that word will be life and health under all your flesh. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. That's what we're doing. This is nothing compared to what's happened in us. If you can grab a hold of this, you have passed from death unto life. You have passed out of death unto life. You are a generation, a chosen generation, a royal preacher that has passed from death unto life. Not will pass from death unto life, you passed from it. You passed from it. You've passed from death into life. I'm alive. Jesus said, He that believeth in me and liveth shall never die. 
your life forevermore. A new and living way. You have a covenant with the Father God and you can enter into His presence by the blood. <clears throat> by the blood. By the blood. By the blood. The Word and the blood. Thank you, Father God. Let's bow our heads for a moment. Thank you for listening to our legacy teachings. We pray today's message has a profound impact upon your life and your ministry. I want you to know that God loves you, has a great plan for your life. But if you've never made Jesus Christ Lord and Savior of your life, I'd like to invite you to do that right now. Just pray this simple prayer right after me. Just say, Heavenly Father, I come to you just as I am. And I believe with all my heart that Jesus died for my sins and was raised from the dead for me. I open the door of my heart. I call upon the name of the Lord. Lord Jesus, come into my heart now. I receive you and accept you as my personal Savior and Lord. If you prayed that prayer with me, you're a child of God right now, and I encourage you to get into a good Bible-based church where you can learn to grow in your Christian faith and experience. God bless.